Amen. So just a quick announcement, Church 101 next week in communion. Um, you want to know a little bit more about the church uh, and getting plugged in, that is a great opportunity for you to be a part of that. It's 930. It's very informal. About 30 minutes, you connect with the staff and the leadership team. And uh, would love to have you. And then we have a potluck after the service on the seventh. And is there something going on in the seventh in the afternoon? I can't remember. Is it? Oh, there's a Super Bowl, right? <clears throat> Kansas City, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Is there? A, you know that name? Who's the quarterback on the? Is it Tom something? Tom? Like nine other Super Bowls he won or something? Anyhow, I don't. I don't know. But. Uh, uh, praise the Lord, we'll feed you before the game, okay? And so we'll have fun at that time. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, if you ha have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. And he said, Pastor, when are you going to get into the actual armor? Soon. <clears throat> first things first, though. <laughs> That's the subtitle of my message. Uh, I want to say this. This is my first statement off, and I'm going to tell a little brief story. And I believe this. I really believe this, and so I didn't coin this, but this pastor, many of you know, uh, Bill Hybels, he coined this, and he said this. He said, the local church is the hope of the world, and you know, obviously we know Jesus in the local church. Can I get an amen? It's the hope of the world. I believe that. I've orchestrated my life around that, not just as a pastor, before I was a pastor. And uh, just tell the story, in 1990, we were newlyweds, my wife and I, and and we made a decision, wherever we go, now watch this, we would find a local church. Of course, I would also find a gym that was important, but priority, a local church that we could plug into. And I got to know a wonderful pastor right away we did, Pastor Bob and Janine Prudler, who we still love very dearly. Uh, they had a very large church, a four-square church uh, there in New England, and uh, we went through some very difficult times the year we were there. Uh, he actually had me share a few times, and I was tremendously blessed. And we actually, I told a story that we actually lived in their basement, the parsonage, for eight months uh, as God just established us and brought us into the next transition. And uh, uh, there were some wonderful people in the church. Uh, my brother gave me a, 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 yes, he did, an old 69 uh, a Firebird. <laughs> but it was it was on, you know, there was no no interior, there was no engine, well, or the engine needed to be rebuilt, there was no tires, rims, anything was on a block. He goes, hey, if you want to fix it, you can have it. So we did, and I was so thankful with him. I was so blessed. And just God orchestrated some things, and I needed to paint it, and I had no garage, nothing. Uh, basically, I was living in this little basement, and so a guy in the church, just a guy, Bob uh, and Jane Shrout, they own Cranberry Box. And they had a large cranberry in the Cape Cod area. And I just loved going down there. It was just so peaceful. A lot of sand. And just was just really nice. He had a huge, huge, huge shed with every tool you can imagine. Come on, man. Amen. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> anytime he went to whatever, you know, the store, he's like, got to get that. I mean, <clears throat> there was stuff I was opening that was brand new. He had for years. He goes, I don't use it in a brand new. And he said, you know what? You can redo your car in my garage and you can paint it. And so he had a spray booth. He had everything. And, and so we used that money to sell that uh, vehicle to go down to Texas. And, and we were blessed. And there's actually a picture we have. I know my wife has somewhere where we're standing with her car. And a little four by six, I think it was a U-Haul trailer. They still make them. Usually that's just going from one house to the next town to town. That's all we owned. And a four by six trailer heading 
to Texas and they just loved on us and blessed us. And uh, you know what? I never forgot that. The power of the local church in the church body of people you don't know. Someone made an expression the other day about our church and said, oh, it's just like walking in and you could come and have a huge family. You know what? There are families that have family members that they don't talk with. And it's sad. It's true. And that strikes us all. Amen? All of us are affected in one way or another. And uh, we don't like that, but sometimes it just is what it is. But you know what? God can give you a church family. Do you hear me? I believe God's speaking to some people right now. A church family with people that know you and love you. And there are, there are bonds in the local church that you can be built that are stronger than even blood. Did you hear that? Because we're connected spiritually. Amen? So even though there's some people that may not agree with you, uh, they're still your brother and sister in Christ. Amen. <clears throat> so Ephesians chapter 6. <clears throat> and so we've kept this, and this is just kind of leading into what I want to talk about today. Uh, Ephesians 6, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Um, we talked about uh, that word wrestle and what it means. I want to throw another verse in here because we're going to uh, uh, jump to this in a moment. 2 Corinthians 1, We'll talk about this in a moment. God established us together with you in relationship <clears throat> with Christ. Excuse me. He has also anointed us. So we talked about how that word wrestle, what it means is the struggling, and it's where Paul uses the Greek word palastra, uh, where we get, talks about uh, the palastra is a natural picture of the local church, and some of this stuff I'm bringing you on the fast track. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you have to go back and listen to the last few podcasts, and that had God has all types of trainers in the palastra, the training place that helped train and shape his uh, body, his body. How many with me say amen? So last week, uh, we talked about these, this process. There's this lengthy process that these athletes would go to. And we talked about there was a first application of oil and then a second application of oil. And, and ministers are there to equip the saints to do the work, the believers uh, do the work of the ministry. And uh, how that, that oil was very, very expensive to press that second application of oil actually was very expensive, and, and that, that, that uh, manager of the palastra had to pay out of his own pocket. He had to sacrifice for that. It was something he paid with his life, and it's this type and a shadow of ministries today, and, and you know, you just go out and say, well, I think I'll just be an evangelist. I'm going to preach the gospel. There's a sacrifice. There's a sacrifice in all of the callings of God, and how many know that you have a calling, too, on your life? Every single body has a call. And now it may not be in the fivefold ministry, uh, you know, because those, those are called servants. They are to serve the body of Christ. But every single one of you uh, have a calling on your life. And there's a, there's a grace, there's an anointing, there's an ability that God has placed in your life. Can you say amen? <clears throat> and so this oil is symbolic of the, the pressing uh, of the word of God in our life and, and, and how it, 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 it enables us. And, and so it's a, it's a picture of the fivefold ministry gifts. And so, so we thank God for you know, godly pastors, but we said this, that they can't offer you everything you need. Okay, same thing with an apostle or prophet. And, and some people follow certain ministries and I like them and that's good. But how many know they can't give you everything? Right. 
Okay, so it's the, all of the five-fold ministry working together. I remember being in uh, Bible school uh, before I met my wife, and they would have a time uh, they would call like at around 11 or 11.05, it was the general session. And so that would, they would bring in national ministers, some very prominent, and some people you never even heard of before. And many of them I liked. I thought, man, I'm going to like this guy because you got to listen to him for the whole week, for the five days. Then there was some I did not like. <laughs> and they were pressing and they were pushing that oil in me and it was ruffling me. And, and then everyone breaks and then they go to, to lunch and that's where everyone talks. Well, you know, I don't know. He said this and everyone's, this Bible school, okay, just telling you. And, uh, but, you know, I made up my mind. I said, you know, whoever it is that comes and minister. I'm going to make a decision to receive what God has for me in that moment. I never regret that. Now, I may not like it, just telling, being honest, but I, I never regretted that, making that decision. So, so God has trainers, uh, professional oil rubbers and <laughs> pressers. They press that oil in us, and, and that's the church. And that's the church. And so, now let me just say this. Um, you know, some people think, well, you know, that's... That may seem harsh to some people. May some feel as an element of legalistic. You know, I'm free. I'm saved by grace and not have works. And you know, unless anyone should both through Christ alone. And uh, but how many of you know that uh, the Bible talks in the Book of Acts a lot how they came together and they broke bread together. Acts two forty six talks about that daily. It says. We, we meet weekly, you know, or within, that's why it's important you'd be connected in small groups to have that connection. Uh, but, but, you know, it's true. We are saved by grace. And how many of you know that, 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 that uh, God's desire for us to grow spiritually? Amen? He uses the church. He's created that. He set that up. It isn't man's idea. It's God's. Well, you know, the church is just there to get, take the money from you, blah, blah, blah. blah. I've heard it all. The church is there. The true church is to help develop, equip, and empower, and send you out. Perfect example we have this morning of a young man raised up that has made hard choices in his life and going forth now to fulfill the call of God. And you know what? He's already plugged into a local church down there already. Amen? Amen? And so that, you know, so, so that to me is like, praise God. Praise God. What a success story. Such a huge success. Amen? I know it doesn't always talk like that, and sometimes we veer off. Isn't that right? Kids, they veer off for a while, but that seed is within them. They're going to come back. They're going to come back. I'm going to declare that. Some of you know, your kids will come back to the things of God. But see, how many of you know that we need to be examples? I don't know why I'm getting off this, but you know, this pandemic, you know, with things shutting down and everything, too many devoted Christians have gotten in the habit of not coming to church. Now, I don't even know how some of them are going to come back. A lot of them will not. Just a Barner research did over 20% of these are ones that considered themselves committed Christians won't even come back to church. How many know that tool was worked at the devil? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You, brought, you formed a habit of not coming. A podcast is great. Come on. It's, it's like an ibuprofen or a little aspirin. You know what I mean? But, you know, you need something more than that. Amen? <laughs> Podcasts is great, but, you, you know, there are so many things written in the Bible that you can only do when we're together. It's called the one another's. Amen? How can you love one another if you're alone by another? Nobody. You know, you're all by yourself sitting there with your, you know, pancakes in the podcast on or the, you know, on TV in your underwear. Amen? 
<clears throat> I'm going to move on. I'm getting in trouble. There's so many things, though, that, that, that Christ talks about as the church, and being fellowship and being devoted to one another and encouraging. How can you encourage one another? The dog. You're a great dog. You know, you're awesome. And Come on, people. Amen. It has, there's so many things that the scripture talks about that can only happen in the context of coming together. Moving right along. 2 Corinthians 1.21. Watch this. God establishes us together with you in relationship with Christ. He has also anointed us. King James says it this way. Now he which establishes us with you in Christ has anointed us in God. A little bit formal King James there, but it's the same point. Say, so, well, what's so great about this verse? I want you to know the, uh, the, how it's mentioned. And look at the order of it. The first thing God says what? I'm going to establish you in the house of God. And then there's anointing after that. Some of you may have never seen that, but it's there. <clears throat> so Paul first mentions being established. We like to get ahead of things. <laughs> we want the great things. We want God to do. We want God to show up. We want God to move. God, we want to see your miracles. We want that. And let's say, I want you to be established first. Come on, somebody. Got awfully quiet in this church. It was just shouting amen a moment ago. <laughs> amen. amen. So... So we want to dash into the greatest things that God has for us, but God, he just doesn't do it that way. God has a system. He has a pattern. And, and, and actually, God will require us to be established first. Psalm 133, 1, David says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. In unity. I thank God for a spirit of unity in this church. I, I, I can't say that enough. I thank God for a spirit of unity because there's so much disunity within the body of Christ today. We don't need that, amen? And so I don't believe God's trying to put the brakes on us and he's trying to establish us, prepare us that we'd be grounded spiritually. How many see that? Say amen. So if we want to receive all that the Lord has for us, we need to be established. We need to, and I'll talk about that in a moment. We need to get first things first. So, so what does it mean to be established? So we're talking about extremely basic things like this. And we're talking that these are life-giving things. These are spiritual truths, discipline that are all throughout the Bible. Commitment to the house of God. Don't forsake the assembly. Amen. You know, and I, I just I need to step away from this. This would be message would be easily preached from somebody who is a traveling minister than me. <laughs> but I'm the pastor, so I'm going to share it today. But here's the thing. I've made decisions and choices, my wife and I, to live this when I wasn't a pastor. So I'm not trying to say, well, you need to, but I didn't. No, everywhere we went, we made choices and decisions to plug in, to get plugged in. Some places it was really hard to because you just couldn't find some solid local churches that would preach and teach the word. Amen. Be commitment to the house of God. Faithfulness to the things of God. Becoming a faithful tither, as Brother Paul just shared. Important truths. Becoming a church worker, serving. Being dedicated to the word of God. Amen. 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 Okay? That means reading, that means praying, worshiping, attempting to live a holy life. Amen. <laughs> Being submitted to the, that local church where people know you and to the, the church and the leadership. And, and here's the thing, and I'm going to say this in a life-giving way with a smile. Uh, these, if these basic spiritual and obedience disciplines, friends, are absent from your life, there's really no way you're ready for the deeper things of God. Can I get an amen? Hmm. Once again, there are many things that we are told, but we cannot do them if we're not plugged into a local uh, church fellowship. And, and, and I talked about those just a minute ago. So the word established in the Greek uh, actually means to make firm, 
steadfast, settled, immovable, like set in concrete. How many of you know, how many of you ever poured concrete before? I've poured a lot of concrete. How many of you know that concrete is unforgiving? <laughs> you better get it right the first time. It's setting. <laughs> I remember when Don was helping a brother with this, and it was, it was 99 degrees out. That's not a good time to pour concrete, just all you know. Overcast is great, a little bit on the cooler side. And he just, somehow there was a decision that, well, hey, let's just get a pump truck. And that didn't work out, so we just got uh, what they call like a little SK elevator that would lift it and dump it in. The sun hit that. By the time that concrete hit, and there was three trucks waiting in line, waiting to come before it started, and the drums are turning. That sets within 45 minutes. By the time it hit the ground, it was solid. <laughs> it was the worst pour of my life. <laughs> so, but it's, it's un, unforgiving. Well, in a good positive sense here, to be established, God wants us to be set, firm, solid. How many with me say amen? Like concrete. See, let me just say this. Let me get off here a little sidetrack bit. You will never change your life until you change something you do daily. Selah. And some of you, God is waiting on you to decide. I've heard people just like, well, you know, what, what, what do you do? I'm waiting on the Lord. It sounds so spiritual, isn't it? I'm, wa I'm waiting. You've been waiting so long. You've had hair. Hair turned gray. Now it's bald. Amen. God said, it's like, I just want you to wait. You know, Job's trial was about nine months long, all right? I'm in the trial, you know, the Lord, and just waiting on God. And that's, there's some great songs. And how many know there is a thing about waiting? But I talked about last week, waiting really actually means it's not passive, it's active. To wait, like, be like a waiter. That's what it means to wait on the Lord. So, but some people just just waiting. What are you waiting on? Listen, God has already given you a green light till he gives you a red light stop. <laughs> That's a different thought. Amen. <clears throat> How many still with me? Amen. Yeah. So here's the thing. You have to decide. You have to decide first to be established. First to be established in, in the purposes of God. Uh, John Maxwell said this statement years ago. He said, the secret of your success is determined by your daily routine. We're talking about things that we do here daily in our life. <clears throat> and that also pertains to your spiritual growth. Right? He says this, the secret of your future is found in your daily routine, not in your to-do list. So the question this morning that you ask yourself is, are you happy with the future your daily routine is creating? I want to lose weight. You know, I want to get back in shape. I want to this. I want to that. You know, I really would like to, here's one, read through the whole Bible in my lifetime. When's it going to happen until you begin? Amen? Starts with chapter 1, verse 1. I know this is real elementary, but for some reason I feel I need to share it. So, so are you satisfied where your autopilot is taking you? Amen? So in other words, we'll never change our life until we change something that we do daily. How many know the definition of insanity? I don't need to repeat. Just Right, you all know it. And to expect something different in your life that you don't implement when you walk out these doors is insanity. <laughs> I'm going to get around to it, Pastor. Are you? <clears throat> watch this. Watch this. This is what I thought was interesting. Successful people make the right decisions early in life and manage those decisions daily. What does that mean? Growth in your life and even spiritual growth comes by making decisions and following through on them. Good ones. Amen? 
good, wholesome decisions. And, and here's the truth. The early in life, you young people in your teens and 20s, the earlier time in your life when you make those right decisions, watch this, and the longer you manage them, the more successful you'll become. What do you mean, pa uh, Pastor Mike? Well, I made decisions when I was in my teenage years, actually when I was 15 years old. I'm going to exercise the rest of my life. That has served me well. I think. I mean, I'm 56. It isn't having battled things, you know, in sickness and disease and things like that. But, but the point is, is that, that, that you can be family decisions. Come on, finances. Some of your finances are in a disaster. I'm just going to look straight forward. Amen, Pastor Mike. I'm preaching to, the, I'm preaching to Facebook people. Amen. A mess. Got to make those decisions. Get right. Get in the, in the finance classes. Faith, church, relationships. Some of you have zero, zero relationships. It's been going on for decades, and God is saying, I want you to develop that. Generosity. Some of you get more money than five lifetimes. You have more money than five lifetimes. What are you going to do with it and you die? Well, someone's going to get it, not you. Amen? <laughs> oh, Jesus, help us. Amen. <laughs> what, what was, we're talking about being generous. How many know when you give to God and the things of God, you honestly think he's not going to forget that? Do you honestly think when you get to heaven there's not going to be a reward for what you do in secret? You better believe. See, what the world honors and, 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 and you know, magnifies is what's done before people. But what God honors and magnifies for all of eternity, I think I'm ruffling some feathers right now, all of eternity is what you do in secret. And God says, now I want to bring that up in front of all the hosts of heaven. I remember that time you blessed that person. You gave sacrificial. Come on, somebody. You took of something that was hard and you gave. This is, we're not raising, doing an offering right now. I'm just telling you. God is a faithful God. He sees everything. Nothing goes unnoticed. Nothing. Nothing. And he sees your heart. Amen? So, so it's either the pain of self-discipline now or the pain of regret. Amen, Pastor Mike. I, I hate regret. <laughs> I just... So it's never too late. How many know you can begin again? Amen? And today matters. So, so my encouragement this morning is make the right decisions today. And you say, Pastor, I'm trying to, but I keep falling down. Get back up. I say, get back up. Because if you fall, fall forward. Amen? Because you just gained six foot one. Amen? Or whatever, how tall you are. If you fall, fall forward. Just get back up. Draw near to God. Amen. Allow yourself to be established in all of these areas uh, that the Lord Jesus has for you. Amen. So Paul's intention is clear. If you want to be used in the deeper things of God, uh, then you need to develop these foundational spiritual disciplines in your life. See, God will not use us until we decide to be used. And some of, you know, can, can God sovereignly do things? Absolutely. We see that in the Old Testament. We see that how he sovereignly came upon Saul. And even when Saul was disobedient and, and, and men and women of old in the Old Testament, God can sovereignly move. He's not restricted in any capacity. But God has chosen to limit himself, watch this, to work through the affairs and the free will of man. That's why a lot of things will not happen until we get engaged. Can you say Amen. So it's not all about God doing everything, all him. Why doesn't he this? Why doesn't he that? I think a lot of times God's up in heaven saying, hello, why don't you? <laughs> Amen? All right. I love you, but why don't you step up to the plate? Amen? 
So, so we can hang around church. We can listen to the crazy pastor preach and teach, and we can walk right out the door and decide to forget everything that the Holy Spirit is prompting in our hearts right now. Can I get an amen? amen. Or we can say, well, you know what? We're here for the fight. I'm here to go all in. Amen. I'm going to strip off this bad attitude or whatever that's easily besetting me. And I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to strip these things out of my life. I'm going to allow the pressing of the brothers and sisters in Christ who I do know that love me, that will shape me and form me and, and create in me uh, that, that all that the Lord has for me. Can I get an amen? <clears throat> You know, sometimes people, they, they come to the church, and I'm almost done here. They say, well, I didn't really get anything out of that message. Pastor is unanointed. Well, that may be true. <laughs> okay. But you know what? Once again, go back to You can receive something from what God has out of his servants if you just have an open heart. And here's the thing. It's a challenge, too, for us all. What is our attitude when we come to church? It plays a fact. Are we being teachable? Are we coming in saying, I'm going to go into worship God today? Are we just showing up saying, well, mom and dad want me to go. <laughs> Haven't seen me in a while or so-and-so, you know, or, or somebody called me. Well, I better get back to. We go because we want to worship God. I don't even know why I should be saying that, but that, that, that's a, a fact. It's the truth. And so, and so these choices are choices that we make, stripping ourselves, allowing the Spirit of God. Uh, this is exactly what Paul is saying when he's saying, first things first, first things first, allowing the Word to be pressed, that application of oil in our life. And, and, and this, this, this may seem very heavy, but the, nonetheless, I believe it's true. Our commitment to Jesus' church is not an option. It's an absolute requirement. I believe that. Well, Pastor, I, I, have, I have chosen to live my life according to that. I have no regrets. At 56 years old, I have zero regrets. I would have a lot of regrets if I didn't embrace that 40 years ago as a kid. If I would have said, you know what, I don't know about that. And here's the thing. Does God love you if you don't go to church? Absolutely. Uh, are there many Christians that don't go to church, regularly attend? Yeah, there are. But here's the thing. We put ourselves, I feel, on the shelf spiritually. And once we plug back in, that wheel starts turning again of that spiritual formation and growth in our life. But you know what? You're all alone out there. You're like a lone wolf. A lone wolf. I don't know why I'm getting on this, but some, someone needs to hear this. So our commitment. <clears throat> and see, here's the thing. As a pastor, let me just say this. I am expendable for sure. <laughs> okay, I, I know that. I mean, God, just by the press of a button, I'm, I'm gone. I'm done. I know that. And so with, it's, with humility and fear, uh, I, I stand in this place. And I, I mean that. I mean that. I know you could be have somebody else here a lot smarter than me. But you know what? God has chosen for this season to have me here. And, and, uh, but I, I know for certain, I know for certain that when we make a commitment to God's purposes for our life, he will put us on the fast track and growth will happen in our life. And God will use that pressing and anointing and that uh, presence of his spirit on our life. Stand with me if you would, please. A little bit different here this morning, but I, I just want to leave these few things with you. God works through his palastra. He works through the local church, albeit of its faults, its weaknesses, the weaknesses of the man or woman standing before you, the shortcoming, the clay feet that they are made of, their sins and weaknesses, uh, all of that together. <laughs> How many know no church is perfect, amen? amen. 
Why? Because you showed up. Amen? <laughs> and me. And me. You all may be perfect when I show up. It's imperfect because of me. But we serve a perfect God. Okay? So uh, God gives us a clue to his will for the body of Christ on earth. The local church is not going away. Contrary to what you read in statistics, it may go underground as it is in many countries, but it's not going away. Jesus said it will not go away. So that's something like, wow, your company might disappear. Your stock might burn up and evaporate. Come on. Or increase like GameStop, whatever. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and the little guy wins. Right? Amen? Come on, somebody. Oh, those things are fleeting, but the church will remain. And you are the church. And people will come and people will go, but the church will. The church. Why? Because he is the head. We are his body. And we function. <clears throat> so, Pastor, well, give me a word I can hang on. I'm glad you asked. The purpose, Ephesians 3.10, is that through the church, let's just pause in there. The purpose is that through the church, the complicated, many-sided wisdom of God in all its infinite variety and innumerable aspects might now be made known to what? What? Made known what? to the angelic rulers and authorities, principalities and powers in the heavenly sphere. Do you honestly think that the church is just for here and you are just for here on earth? No. God is trying to show up some enemies of the cross in the heavenlies to go, look at my church. Look at those people that are serving me faithfully. They've had a year of hell in 2020, but they still come to church. They still love me. Look at devil. Look at, they're still here. And my church will continue. Hallelujah. It's bigger than you and I now. There is an eternal an eternal work that he's doing in and through in your life. So your attendance, your faithfulness, your establishing is so huge. Heavy head bowed, please. Hallelujah. What is this word this morning? God is training us to overcome the enemy. It isn't just about you. Just now, in this moment, in your small moment in existence, there's eternal weights of importance and glory that God is doing. And that means you are so necessary. You are so necessary to God's eternal purpose. You're not a number. You have a fingerprint. You're unique. God has a purpose. And so the challenge this morning is will you, will you say yes to be established? Will you say no to the vagabond spirit that has you disconnected out there like a spiritual hobo or a spiritual gypsy. Huh? Come on. And when you say, no, I make a decision. I'm going to get into the spiritual fight. I'm going to allow the trainers to train me to grow that I be formed into all that God has for me. In Jesus' name, you say, pastor, that's me. I've, I've just, I've fallen away and I've, I've actually spiritually fallen away from the Lord. That's what the Bible uses the term, talks about the backslider in heart. Christ's arms are open wide. His arms are open wide right now. And he's saying, will you take that step of obedience? Some of you, you need to get right with Jesus and recommit your life to the Lord. And, and so we're going to pray right now. If that's you, 
I'm just going to invite you to be a part of this. See, once again, the prayer is the first step. (laughs) But then there's another step. And that's saying, you know what? Now that I prayed, I'm going to make that step. The next step to be established in God's purposes. Come to Church 101. Get plugged in. If you say, well, I'm out of town. Find a church. Let us know. We'll help you find another church. Or if you attend another church here in this community and, 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 and there are some wonderful churches and I know all the pastors and most of them and, and, and you're like, you know what? Plug in. You haven't been faithful there. Plug in. Start to serve. Do something. Allow the gifts of God in your life to flow through you. But you've got to take that first step. And this is the step. You must be born again. You're here this morning, maybe listening online and you're not right with the Lord. Now is the time. Today is the day get right with God. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on that cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Fill me with your spirit. Jesus, today I give you my life. Now take it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, We're here to help you along that journey to grow you up. Just as I go back to Caleb, a young man that a parents made decision to get him in the house of God and he stayed, he made hard choices and here he is, a man being sent off. What a beautiful example of this message here about being established first in the anointing comes upon our life when we make the hard choices. Amen, church.